This podcast is not to be used as medical advice or medical education. If you are experiencing pain, discomfort, or any other medical or physical ailment, please consult a licensed medical doctor or physical therapist. This is the strategy of fitness. Welcome back to episode 16 of the Strategy of Fitness podcast on a football Sunday edition. My name is Nick Cressy, joined weekly, Dan Gorin, Rob Rowland. What's up, boys? Hey, this is Dan Gorin checking in here. I'm very excited to crush Rob's hopes and dreams during this episode. This is going to be a controversial topic, and we're going to be doing our Skip and Shannon hot takes. So I'm very excited about that. I'm excited that the Patriots lost and they have to play actually three games in the playoffs. Potentially, I'm just excited all around. This is a great day, and I got my white claw here. Rob, what, what say you? Rob here. Nothing much going up on my end. It's pretty dreary and rainy on the East Coast here, so it's been a, been a pretty lazy day for me. I'm excited to dive into this topic, though. Yeah, before we do that, we're going to go around the room, do our workouts, but just so everyone knows what's coming today, I kind of teased it on the Instagram, but basically, it's Rob's, Rob's Revenge Part 2. He's going to destroy CrossFit, and... As, as the good little foot soldiers that we are, Dan and I are going to be there fighting the good fight. So super subjective, super opinionated, hopefully fun back and forth. I do have some data. There is some data I have here. You know, I'm sure but, Rob has data too, to be honest with you. I so. mean, uh, I don't know. We'll I, see. We'll see. Yeah, but I think we want to plug some stuff first. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, so you can follow us um, on Instagram at the strategy of fitness. I've uh, been trying every week to you know put all the gym hitters up there and, and little snippets of that. I'm going to try to start to put snippets of the podcast up once I figure that out. And then any resource, any book of the weeks, any research articles we talk about, I'll try to um, make those for you available on the Instagram. So please follow us along. Follow along. And then we also have our playlist. We have the strategy of fitness official gym hitters on Spotify and iTunes. And you can also find the podcast on Spotify and iTunes. So please subscribe, like, rate, review, and tell a friend. Hell yeah. Perfect. All right, let's go around the room. Rob, how about you kick it off this week with workouts? I know with the Christmas schedule, you were kind of up in the air with what you were going to do. How was it? Yeah, I kind of just took this week as a deload week. I did some random stuff. So the only thing I think worth mentioning is Tuesday, I took the the Nick Cressy challenge. I wanted to do the 100 reps of (laughs) bench and squat. Yes. So I'll admit I... I kind of chickened out on it. I warmed up in 225, was feeling a little heavy on the bench. So I, I actually knocked it down to 205 on the bench and did 225 on the squat. So it doesn't doesn't fully count. My wife is the only one in the weight room. I was afraid she wouldn't be able to pull the bar off me in case I staple, stapled myself. <laughs> so it took me 29 minutes. With, even with 205, that was like the limiting factor was the bench press by far. Like that. How'd you feel the day after? I mean, were you, were you feeling it? It wasn't too bad just because I've been doing that ED, EDT That's training. So yeah, yeah. A little bit of soreness next day, but no big doms or anything like that. But that's a, uh, I'm going to hit it in the next couple of weeks here as soon as I, I get my bench up a little bit. But I was, I was scared of 225 in there, man. That's a, that's a tough workout. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just so sweaty too. <laughs> I'm sure you had it nice and set up, you know, going between power racks and stuff. There's, there's just a lot of consideration to, you gotta have a spotter. You gotta, you gotta have everything kind of set up to do that workout. So good on you for even uh, messing with that 205. I can't wait to hear how you do 225. I think once you've done it once, especially if the squats aren't a limiting factor at all, you know, you'll, you'll be sub 30. So that's good stuff. Dan, how about you, man? Yeah, so Christmas Day, well, you guys were warm and snuggled into your beds, I'm sure. I took the weight vest and did a five-mile run to see if I could hit a sub-eight I heard pace. you were talking shit on Instagram, calling us out. I did. I talked a lot of shit on Instagram. I called you guys out. Like I said, you were snuggly at home in your beds, opening presents. Old Dan <laughs> threw, strapped on the vest and hit five miles at a 7.51 pace. So That's impressive, man. Hey, no, it was, good. it was a good time. Actually, it was, the weather was beautiful, and obviously the gym was closed. So I had to do something outside and I just go back to thinking, you know, gravity's free, you know, so for any of our listeners out there that bitch and complain about, you know, things not being right or the setup not being right, gravity's free. Go do some push-ups, go do some sit-ups, go run, you know. So I ran, felt good. I used some of the uh, peak performance tactics, had a calm conversation with myself. So Rob, in that book that he recommended, one of the things that he does with the elite runners is he coaches them as they're doing these crazy miles and these crazy 400s is like, just have a calm conversation with yourself, you know, deal with that stress, the intensity of the workout, just by saying, Hey, this is the intended stimulus of the workout. You have to keep pushing. And when you're done, it'll end. And just having that calm conversation really helped me out with those last couple laps. So some good mental things going on in that run. And then today I hit five by five at 185 pounds on the bench. So that is coming along and Linda is within reach. Dude, You're up 15 pounds since you started the journey of the five by five, aren't you? Yeah, man, the five by five, the, the Nick Cressy five by five, two to three. I, I've been doing probably a little closer to three minute rest between, but I just I don't want to fail. You know, it, it's 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 really you know close. You know, those fourth and fifth sets, so probably a little bit more rest than you'd prefer, but get it done, get it in. Next week's one ninety. You're just gonna yeah. keep climbing, man. I just want to keep climbing. I think once I hit five by five at one ninety five, I think that 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 would be a good time to attempt, Linda. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Hey, that that's outstanding work on that that weight vest run. But I, I looked at the video after you you told us you called us out, and I got a question for you, man. When is the last time you had water before that run? Because you looked dried out in that video, man. What's, you look like you've aged like ten years since the last time I've seen you. What's going on? Hey, I have aged at, at least ten years since the last time you see me. Two kids is you know gonna put me in a grave sooner rather than later. So I'm just I'm just hanging on by the skin of my teeth been about six days since I've had water and I <laughs> I think I ate all the chips and drank all the beer the night before. So oh, that's fantastic. Well, I, uh, <laughs> uh, thanks, uh, thanks for that, Rob. Now I feel going to feel self-conscious. Yeah, I was gonna say, the self-conscious. Dry, dry ass face and my old ass face. <laughs> <laughs> the selfie videos, they have to continue. Oh, till the day I die. I love it. I love it. That's good stuff. I had a good, I had actually a pretty good week lifting for one. I, I went and, a loyal group of listeners, a couple buddies of mine, uh, Nick DeMalto, Toasty, a couple guys from Dewey Beach I was hanging out with this week, and they were absolutely just pumping up the podcast but burying me. I'm, I'm told I'm doing a lot of these pregnant pauses and him and Han before I go in on a little rant. So uh, I'm going to have to start catching myself doing that. You know, when I go, you know, I start it's flabbergasted. Always- it's fantastic. I know I do it. But I think I, it's I think it's each one of us that like my friends always roast me and they love you guys and then like I feel like everyone who's like closest to us is going to roast us the most and kind of, kind of pump up the other guys so I love uh, it. I think I, I think you're doing great man I, I I think that your your hosting ability is is really really tremendous because I think you drive a lot of these as far as the conversation goes so I just think I, you, 
I know when I'm doing it and it's, I'm trying to set up for me about to be, say something typically negative and they, they just called, it was perfect. I loved it. I, I, I just want to shout those guys out because again, you know, we're trying to build a base here and, and they're loyal listeners on a weekly Dude, basis. Another, another base. And I think you had a little exchange with them on Instagram. I've been uh, privy, you know, me and you both kind of run the Instagram account. Yeah. Who's your friend? Is it Reese or how do you say his name? Ressy Mayer. Oh, yeah. there, dude, freaking running 650 miles and yeah, squat clean at 225. That kid is a savage. So kudos to you. He is the, he's living the strategy of fitness over there. Yeah, he's he a stud. He's the one that ran the Cambridge uh, triathlon or Ironman that that was, you know, that I shouted out a couple couple months ago at this point. Yeah. So. so he is doing the damn thing. And that's definitely our listener of the week right now. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Good on you. As for, as for my training this week, I kind of went with – the theory I had a few weeks ago around Thanksgiving, it's like, dude, I'm going to be heavy this week anyway. I'm going to try to lift heavy. So hit a heavy snatch first time in about a year and a half, had 255 over my head. I was happy about that. I tried my PR squat clean at 335, just missed it. So, you know, I was, I was around 203, 204 all week just because I was drinking a little bit more and, and eating like a psychopath. So, <laughs> Still kept the workouts in, still got eight of the 10 sessions, but wasn't as structured this week. Did do a really good workout today. I was going to ask if you guys have ever done, since we're since we're talking CrossFit anyway, the Chief. Have either of you guys done it? I don't think I know what that is. I think I did it as part of one that you sent me where it was like a row buy-in and then you had to do the Chief for multiple rounds. I think I did yeah, that so with uh, my is, Bob. Is, it's now joining DT for me and macho man for something that I think anyone can kind of do if they have 19 minutes. So it was, it's five rounds. You have three minutes on one minute off and it's as many rounds as possible of three power cleans, six pushups, nine air squats. I, I have done this one several times. That's what, like one of my favorite CrossFit workouts I go back to. It's good, man. I did, I I did it. it today. 30 rounds absolutely sucked by the end of it, but Really fun and something I've only done one other time, I think maybe three years ago. Really fun workout. And I, I encourage anyone that's open to trying, you know, a 19 minute quick suck fest, go get it in. Even if you decrease the weight to 115 or 95, what were your experience like with that, Rob? I, I don't know if I've ever like, I, I've done it a couple times where it's that true, like three minute on, one minute off, but I've done like variations just because I like that building three, six, nine reps and you really don't have to rest with it. So it's like, it's always a good finisher for me. I've, I've probably done that like half a dozen times. Very cool. Yeah. I really liked it. What was your weight you did on that, Nick? 135. I think so. That's yeah. Your I like that. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. So that, that was today. So another week starts tomorrow. So keep getting after it. I think now is the time to, to jump in and, and crush our dreams, Rob. This is your episode. What do you got? So I feel like the the first 15 or so episodes of how many we're in now, we, we keep loving on CrossFit. So I feel like we need a balancing episode where we just kind of talk about why CrossFit sucks. So <laughs> I've been thinking about it a little bit and I came up with some, some bullet points and an outline I sent you guys. Hopefully the thoughts I have in my head come out as clear on the podcast today about why I think it sucks. I'm not going to waste my time about the, the benefits. We've already talked about that. But before we get into it, I kind of want to just like everybody give their bias background. So... Personally, me, I've never been a member per se of like a CrossFit gym doing classes. I've worked out in enough, but maybe like three or four different CrossFit gyms in the area through throughout my years. I've been a like an open gym member of a CrossFit gym. I've done workouts at with other guys that do CrossFit. Like I don't have any strong bias against it or for it. I'm not a CrossFit 
certified coach. But just to give you kind of the background of like my experience with CrossFit, Nick, you want to give a little bit of your background? Yeah, I absolutely despised it until about five years ago when I started it. I used to make fun of the people walking in with their gym bags. I was the standard dude that walked in, hit the big lifts, and the machines didn't bring anything but my keys and my wallet to the gym. I used to laugh at the people with their with their belts and their bags and their different shoes. And now I'm like, God damn, Mr. Rogers in there switching shoes every three or four times and, and <laughs> lifting Doing, doing all the stuff that I hated. So I have a, a, you know, a different opinion now than I did before I tried it. Never belonged to a box, never have really had to do that. So that might actually be helping the cause. But yeah, I think I'm probably the middleman to Dan and yourself. Dan, what about you? I was first introduced to CrossFit from a patient. I was working in Baltimore and I uh, treated a pretty elite CrossFitter. I think he was in regionals. Nothing like crazy, but he, he was a really good athlete and started working with him on some of the movements and just started, you know, for me, it was a learning experience too. I didn't have much of an Olympic lifting background. So he kind of taught me and, you know, as a physical therapist, oftentimes you are a movement expert first and you might have to kind of navigate your way around a sport you might not be as familiar with. So it was an interesting learning experience for me. And I was just fascinated about, I, I couldn't believe the workouts he was doing. I couldn't believe the weight he was pushing. And I was just like, this is fucking insane. Like, I, I don't know why people do this, but I'm jealous of how this guy performs. And I'm pretty jealous of how he looks. And I was like, that could be something that'd be cool to try. Just never kind of dove in head first. So this is a good friend of ours, uh, Dave Lorenzo. So my wife works with his wife, uh, Danielle Hagel and met him at a football game. And he said, Hey, I'm, you know, he's been doing CrossFit for 10 years and he's a physical therapist too. He said, I'm opening my own gym. And I was like, yeah, man, I've, I've been considering, you know, I've been thinking about it and, you know, Rob did my programming and there's some CrossFit style workouts that Rob does program, you know, for our listeners out there is about to shit all over it for an hour <laughs> and uh, kind of got used to it through that. But I was like, I told Dave, I was like, man, you start this gym up. It sounds like an awesome idea. I'll join. So I joined uh, like a year, almost a year and a half ago now. And I've, I've just really liked this taking me to a whole new level. Really, really enjoy myself. I, I'm not so crazy where I can't see some of the downsides to it. We'll talk about that. But at the same time, I think the good far outweighs the bad and you can never throw the baby out with the bathwater as you hear me say 10 million times on this podcast. All right. So now we got our, our square playing field. So I'm just going to go down a list of things I put here. And the first one I talk about is just CrossFit as it pertains to athletes. Cause this is the population I work with currently. And I think if you're a competitive athlete at, at any like high level, CrossFit training is not a good idea unless you're in a very specific training cycle within the year. So let's look at like football right now. Cause it's, it's about to be playoff time. If you're on the Steelers and your season ends today, you don't make the playoffs. If you want to do CrossFit, like the next six to eight weeks in the off season, when you're doing some general physical preparedness training, like we you'll hear it referred to as GPP. That's probably the only time of year that like CrossFit training is going to fit into your, your training cycle. As far as athletic competition goes, there's so many other qualities that need to be trained that aren't, aren't addressed in a typical CrossFit programming workout that I feel like if you're an athlete from high school to college level or even competitive beyond that, there's I, I really strongly recommend against CrossFit training. Thoughts on that one? Well, my initial thought is that I think it's, and I think it'll get into kind of my benefits of it down the road here is that I think it's super efficient for someone that wants to be well-rounded. If you're specializing in something, if you're a professional football player, you're probably not listening to this podcast. And yes, you probably shouldn't be changing if you have a professional coach telling you what to do. If you're just a 15, 16 year old kid trying to get in 
all around better shape. I, I don't think CrossFit done correctly, responsibly, kind of everything we said last week. I, th- I think it can be a really useful tool. We got Dan. Yeah, I agree with what Rob is saying at the D1, you know, even D3, D2, D3, the collegiate and the professional level. I think that the biggest area that athletes struggle with at the high school level, especially, you know, kind of the ones I see is, is just getting it in. You know, there's some really good weight room programs in our area that are running decently well. But I, I think if you're like a high school athlete, you kind of dip your toes in the water with CrossFit and you're playing football or baseball or basketball. I think it's probably only going to help you as long as you just don't go too aggressive in season. But I have to kind of agree with Rob here. If you're if you're working in a high level situation like that, there's just so many other things to hit. I think it might be too aggressive to then throw on top of it a you know professional season or a division one or even a division two or three season on top of it. It's just too much, right? And I thought about that too. There's a uh, big WWE wrestler, WWE again, not really a quote unquote sport, but Seth Rollins is a big CrossFitter. Yeah, and Rollins not a sport. kiss my ass. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But I mean, they have a crazy schedule. And I think he has had his in- injuries and ups and downs. And I was thinking about it for like a guy like Seth Rollins. I'm like, man, even them being on the road so much, that's such an intense workout to then go and do the professional wrestling stuff. But he, he seems to be holding up pretty well. Yeah. Before you go back, Rob, like if, if you're in a structured program for your sport, job, whatever, I don't think CrossFit should usurp it. I just, I just think as a general workout program, I'm a, I'm a thumbs up. Not like you should not do your, your strength training from your coach at your D1 program. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So if you have a, a kid that's high school age that's getting into sports specific training and they're they're crossfitting, that's fine for two days a week for their general training. But yep. yeah, there's yeah, still yeah. The acceleration training, top speed, change of direction, plyometric training that doesn't typically get done in a crossfit class. So. In isolation, CrossFit's very limited. And then just to give another quick vignette, like one of my buddies, it was a very competitive golfer, still golfs now, and he got into CrossFit over the last couple of years. And CrossFit, if you look at the movements, are very sagittal plane. Like I just stand in place and I do everything moving in one direction. There's no rotational movements that typically happen in a CrossFit class. So he's gotten to a point now where his body is kind of adapted to sagittal plane lifting he's gotten a lot stronger but he's lost some of that natural rotation that happens in golf so he's developed some some low back issues over the last year or so and i mean it's probably making a leap to say crossfit caused it but there's adaptations that happen there if you're not doing rotational training and his sport is just golfing a couple times a week now so it's another consideration for people that do stuff outside of the gym the sagittal plane you're talking you're basically just squared stance everything's in that range of motion correct so you got three planes of movement. You have like a rotational plane. So if I'm looking down on you from the ceiling, like through your head, the, that Y axis, that's rotational plane. If I look at you from the side and I'm looking at you from that, any movement along that plane is going to be sagittal. And then if I look at you square on, like if you did a straight lateral raise of the dumbbell out to the side, that's going to be a frontal plane. So CrossFit's primarily sagittal, a little bit of frontal plane stuff, but very limited in that rotational plane. It's um, for, for our listeners out there, Nick, or if you've never heard that terminology, it really, really, really helps to do a quick Google image search of, uh, you know, sagittal transverse and frontal plane. It, it, you'll see it in two seconds. You'll get it. So, so moving on from the athlete side, let's, let's talk a little bit about the programming for CrossFit. And one of my big issues that I've never wanted to be a member in typical CrossFit classes is the programming is generalized, right? You have 150, 200 members in a class. You have to program to the masses. So 
the way I always like to do my trainings, I like to do what's best for Rob, my goals train for what I want. And that's never going to happen within a, a massive CrossFit class. Of course, there's, there's advantages to, if you don't know what you're doing to having something programmed for you, but I always like going in and doing a workout based on my history. And then based on how I feel that I like to be able to modify things on how I feel. I don't want to just do what it says on that board. And I don't want to be doing the same thing. No offense to the homemaker in there, but the person doing the nine o'clock class that I don't, I don't want to do the same workout as all the, all the moms that are in there. I feel like I should be doing something different. That part I can, I totally concur. I agree. It's part of the reason I never joined a box. So yeah, I would, I would actually disagree a little bit. I, I think that it went programmed properly. It depends what you have to in the program. It makes a huge, huge difference. Our gym has a pretty solid programming, you know, cause I think like Dave runs it, he does all the programming and it's, it's going to be better than most gyms, but I think your programming is only going to be done as good. But if CrossFit models used correctly, the scalability is unlimited. I mean, you could do the same workout as that, you know, soccer mom at the 9am class, but your weights could be increased. The repetitions could be increased. The movements could be increased. So it's all, it's going to be completely different. Like if you remember in a box, like you might be finishing that round with five muscle ups, soccer mom might be doing 15 ring rows. You know what I mean? So it's all going to be scaled to some level to, to what you're capable of when done correctly. Now, is there going to be variability where there's going to be certain times where there's going to be times where, you know, you're, you're not going to like that workout because it's not going to be enough of an intended stimulus for you. But I think that got to be on you to put in that extra work, you know, and there's time for daily extra work. And I spend the weekends on uh, Saturday and Sunday doing long steady state cardio or doing aggressive strength training as you guys have suggested. So I think that the onus is on you. You don't like the program and do, you know, do, do the classes when you can fit them in, but then you, you do better on your own, you know, figure it out yourself. So that may be a lot of my ignorance because again, that I, I've never belonged to a gym. I, I've dropped in on plenty where there was a little bit, and maybe it was because I wasn't a member that I, it was very structured and it was like, this is what we're doing. And everyone just kind of did what was up on the board. You are pretty lucky, I think, in the sense that, you know, you have a, a very scalable programming built in daily. Like you, you guys have a, what you have, yeah, we have scale, a, uh, RX and comp like that. Yeah, exactly. That's a luxury, I, I believe. Yeah. So scale RX and comp. So if you're, you know, like I said, you can scale it to whatever you want, but if you're, if you're going to be doing RX or do RX, and I, I promise you, I send you guys the workouts. Like the comp workouts are going to, you know, terrorize most people. Like they're they're pretty pretty rough. So, um, you go anything from very light, you know, to to really aggressive. Yeah, you guys have those are pretty good counterpoints, Dan. I'm I'm a little disappointed this isn't getting as heat as I wanted, but well, maybe we're all too level headed here. We're so just starting start off. It's really yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna drop the hammer. I mean, I haven't even got to to the major points, but um, yeah, suck <laughs> it and go ahead. All right, so. <laughs> Staying with the programming note, the, I think the other big limitation is, is the goal of CrossFit Box is to grow and get more members. And as that happens, as classes get more packed, all the program becomes equipment based. So I know when I do CrossFit type workouts, I like the heavier barbell type workouts. And when you have a class of 25 people, that's just not realistic. So the workouts end up being run based, rower based, body weight movement, wall balls, and they become very similar because as, as classes get bigger, you just can't program a workout for 20 people in there. Like you could, if there were five to 10 people going in a, in a workout and it's, I mean, again, it's going to be different, be different gym to gym and how much equipment you have available, how big that gym is. But I think that's another limitation as gyms grow, that programming is based more on what's available and how much space you have versus what's best for that athlete or that individual. What do you see there, Dan? What, like as your, as your classes get bigger, I'm sure that can be a frustrating yeah, I, I can I can see I can see a little bit of validity to that. I guess like I said, I joined this box 
my dad it's inception so a lot of times it would be just me and dave there you know either you know him coaching me or us working out together in the morning and it would be two people you know so it's the benefit of joining the gym kind of from the, the ground up but as it's grown and as it's gotten you know more attendees to each class you have reached a point where there's 20 to 25 people in each class where really limits it i would say the biggest limiting factor is more so the, the pull-up bar space you know that that spacing can get a little dicey had to had to alpha dog uh, some dude who you know at the, the large spiel bar you know the other day and steal that <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know it either. i was like my spiel bar like dude gotta gotta do this uh muscle up here <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I, I can see that being a little bit of an issue. If you had a massive CrossFit gym and you're just 25, 30 people and, and the barbells and the weights, you know, there, there's only so many to go around. So I, I could I could see that maybe in a major metropolitan area. I'd be curious to see how 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 often that that rears its ugly head, though. That's that's an interesting point and something I haven't personally run into. What, what do you think about that, Nick? Well, I mean, to me, that's just that's just being at a busy gym. Go yeah. walk into a Gold's or anything, really, unless it's your own private gym, and you're probably going to be fighting over some some barbells or some dumbbells or something if you're there at a busy time. So, again, it kind of goes to you, Dan, if you can have the flexibility, if you can get in there at 530 in the morning or if you can do the late night, you know, the, the 7 p.m. or 830, if you can pick the times where people aren't there, do that if you have that flexibility. Yeah, utilize the open gym. Most most of your CrossFit box are going to have an open gym, so utilize it. And I think the one I always think of is like the, the ski erg that Concept2 makes is one of the coolest pieces of conditioning equipment there is. And there's most CrossFit boxes aren't going to have more than a couple of those. And there's so many good workouts you can program with that because it's it's upper body-based conditioning. And like it's such an awesome piece that most people don't get to use. Nikki, I mean, you have one in your house, so you get to mess around with it all the time. And it's like... That that is one of the coolest pieces you'll ever find in a in a gym. Yeah, and like you said, there's they're they're not they're not gonna have more than maybe two, three, maybe four at the most. They're expensive and not everyone plays on them. So I can yeah, see this have, going we, up quickly. If you know me, you know I'm always on the run, up early and home late. So having a three hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG one. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process, so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash provengrit. Check it out. We have one, and I hit 20 minutes on that. I did 20 minutes on the assault bike and 20 minutes on that today. And it is an interesting piece of equipment. I'm wondering, and Rob, maybe you know more than me or Nick, if you've heard any rumblings, when is the VersaClimber going to make its way into the CrossFit boxes? I am curious to see that day because how, how is it not? 
I, I don't think it will just because of the price point of it. They're space eaters. Yeah. They take up wall space. They're very expensive. I would I would love to see it in the games level because it's such a humbling piece of yeah, equipment. But you're, like, you're not going to see them in the standard CrossFit. Gym. I agree. They just they're so expensive. If you think about it, a skier five hundred, right? You can buy. Yeah, I mean, you can buy a skier, echo bike, and a rower for less than and a treadmill for about the same price as yeah. as a top of the line. Whatever the hell those things are called. I think it'd be cool if they put it in the but games, though. Just to, just to see what would happen. I would love to see people with that thing in the games. I mean, they've made the curved treadmills pretty uh, common in the game. So, I mean, it's not totally unrealistic to see a Versa Climber there. And, I mean, those are about the same price point as a Versa Climber. Yeah, they're about three grand easy at, at the low end, the Assault Runners. Yeah. Yeah. All right, back to the hate. Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> All right, so let, this, let this is a little bit more contentious here. So... The, the competition of every class. I know there's positives that we could talk about that, but we talk about this stress balance and like the, there's just a stress of life and then the stress of training, like it, it can add up to be too much and get you to a point where you're injured very quickly. So I know for me, if I compete and I'm training five days a week and I'm competing every time, I'm going to wear myself down really fast. And I feel like there's, it's a little bit dangerous to make every single class, either most reps or, are going for time that stuff once or twice a week is great but i think at a, at a certain point the competition gets to be too much and even if you say today i'm going to take it easy like if there's somebody else in the gym doing the same workout as me i don't care who it is i'm going to go 100 balls to the wall even if i'm not feeling great because it's it's competition we all have that in us so i think there's limitations from the the competition base of every class as well yeah i immediately think back again i'm i'm almost through this book of uh, peak performance. And there is the, one of the things that the authors talk about is this balance you have to have between the rest and the stress. And, and you have to, I think this goes to one of the biggest points against CrossFit. I'll defend it a little bit and say that again, this is a user related problem. Like you have to make sure that you are resting if you're doing a uh, four or five days a week of CrossFit and the class competition does get tough. Like I, and again, I, I'm pretty naturally competitive person, even though I'm not really that good at anything or ever, ever have been, but I will destroy myself. So I'm two spots ahead of somebody I barely know, just so I can feel a little bit better at myself when I look at my phone at like 7.30 PM. So it, it, it is like a weird thing. Like if you're going against people, like if you have kind of competitive attitude, it kind of, it kind of screws you. You just like, I'm going to just go get after it. I'm going to try the comp weights. You know, you just have this mentality. You just have to keep going, going, going. And at a certain point, I think that that mentality and doing it too much can lead to burnout. I guess it's nice for me. I have the schedule set up. So I'm like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm doing those kind of competition based workouts. I usually try to save Saturday and Sunday for working more on my weaknesses, working more on the strength, the long steady state cardio, just kind of hammering some different things. So, so I think that Rob's point is well taken there. If you can find your, and sometimes our, our gym programs, and so it is just like, there's no score. And I think that's really good programming on days far where you just go in for a workout. It's like, we're going to work on this skill. We're going to work on this movement and, and there's going to be no time. There's going to be nothing you put in the Wattify. There's going to be nothing you put on the whiteboard. It's just kind of just let's do it. And I think that that's a really positive thing to have twice a week. So yeah, I, I can really see your point there. I think it goes back to the burnout and the stress rest dynamic that you want in your training schedule. So of all the points you made, I kind of agree with that one the most, but God competing is fun. And I just like that aspect. That's probably one of the funnest parts about being there is the competing. Yeah, and, and it's, it's probably the point that I, I have the biggest problem with so far. 
Because <laughs> yes. for one, you have control, right? So as if this is starting to get in your head, if you have a nemesis at the six o'clock class and you just like, it's ruining your day to compete against this person, don't go to that class. It, this is getting unhealthy, right? Like, <laughs> or, or just get better. Just get better. Or just, or just get better. Forward. But that, yeah. that's my other point. It's like, I've said it six times probably already, the iron sharpens iron part. It's the reason I like CrossFit because there is innate competition in it. And every day I used to log, log scores. Now I'm kind of doing my own thing, but you see the same names and yeah, is it stressful? Sure. But it never, to me ever got to the point where it was like messing me up. It was just like, Oh, I got X, Y, Z that I want to, that I want to beat on this workout. And it really helped me push through when, when I was getting, you know, tired. And then the burnout piece is real and it's happened to me you just put the phone down or, you know, like I said, go to a different class or whatever it may be. I think it's really cool, Dan, that they have built in days where there's no measure. I actually like my, my wife and my mom work out together every single night. And I basically, I don't really program them cross. I guess it is CrossFit. It's more cross training, but it's CrossFit without a lot of swinging on the bar. And you know, I, I have probably two to three a week where it's like, just go do X, Y, Z for 45 minutes because I don't want them to be like at each other competing against each other every single day. So I don't know. I kind of rambled there. I, I, I think the competition is a good thing in, in the grand scheme of things, because I think it's going to get you better. But at the same time, if you're injuring yourself either mentally or physically, then shit, you, you're, you're missing the point here. And also, we've gotten, you know, and, and I'm a prime of the three of us, definitely the softest of the three, just in general. But as a society, man, we have gotten so soft. And isn't it good to have just a little bit of healthy American competition in life? You know, I mean, are we missing that a little bit in this soft society with our double frappe lattes and all that stuff? <laughs> what do you, what do you think, Rob? No, I, again, I, I, we could talk about the positive side of competition. I think everybody knows that. I'm just trying to warn about the things you don't think about as much, right? In the last environment I worked in, it was a very military environment, very type A guy. So their job is already very stressful. They're traveling six months a year. They're out of country constantly. The last thing they need is five days a week of stressful workouts where they're competing against each other because they'll literally kill themselves to win a workout. And that's fine every now and then. But if you're doing that every day, it's just going to lean to burnout a lot faster. And I'm talking about the people that have been training for a few years. I'm just trying to give a different, different perspective on competition. Not always good. Just give me some other perspective. Rob, do you see my point about the peak performance book or what they were saying between the rest and stress? I think that bolsters your, your case pretty well there. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's perfect. The other, the other part of competition I want to talk about with CrossFit, with the popularization of the games and regionals is this competition programming. And again, this is something I would see in my last job is guys that, already had very stressful schedules working 68 hours a week, constantly traveling in and out of country around, around the state. And then they're following like a comp train type program where they're training hard five days a week and doing multiple workouts within a day. Again, in, in small pieces, I think it's fun to do that kind of stuff, but big picture, think about like, I, I like watching Matt Frazier type stuff. I think he's an awesome competitor to watch is his mindset around training, but that dude has no stress in his life besides his training. Like everything is taken care of. His, his income is taken care of through sponsorships. He's got a, a wife or a girlfriend that preps all of his meals for him. He has somebody that does his gym programming. Like all he does is stress himself in the gym and everything outside of there is just to let himself recover. I'm sure she takes care of paying all of his bills. Like if you're somebody 
that has a stressful job, you have a family at home, you have to balance all the stress in your life and doing two to three hours of insane workouts a day. Like there, you can get away with that for a while, but there's going to come a point where you can't follow this ridiculous competition program. I and mean, there's a certain sect of people that are usually early twenties that are just out of college without a lot of stress in life that can, that can tolerate this stuff. It's probably not you. Yeah, I, I can, I can echo that. I mean, the, the Invictus comp was, was so intense. I did it. And, and honestly, working out went from an outlet to something I, you know, it, it really did almost take away from some, some work days. If, if you're stressed out at work, you shouldn't be stressing out about your workout. So definitely be mindful of those programs. I think comp train actually does a really good job of, of keeping it pretty tight, but you know, there, there are several out there free programs online for competition, quote unquote trainers or, or training. And unless you're trying to, you know, up your game and compete, legitimately compete, it's overkill and, and it can kind of deteriorate you. And it really, it burnt me out. I had to, I had to switch me and a buddy. So I'll, good point. I'll, I was going to say too, along these lines of burnout stress, I think it'd be an interesting week and Nick, this is going to be hard for you. And I think it'd be hard for, for all of us, but just to uh, all of us just take a week off, maybe focus on some other stuff, just like take a complete week off of training, maybe do some, yeah. like some yoga or like just some walks or, you know, something totally lame and just see what happens. See how we feel when we come back to the gym. I'm willing to do it. If you guys are, I mean, like I said, maybe the worst idea I've ever had. Let's I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm taking Mount in Nashville for new year's. We're leaving what, whatever new year's Eve is. We're going for three days and I've already found three CrossFit gyms that I'd like to drop in on. I'm not taking a goddamn week off Dan. What you talking right. about? <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough so uh, uh next bucket i want to move to is the uh the culture of crossfit because i i think we can all admit there's there's some weird things that go inside of crossfit boxes the first one i'll touch on just because i know my personality being an introvert and the way i like to train is the positive environment of crossfit gyms just really annoys the shit out of me like if i'm struggling to work out i can't hit a weight the last thing i want you to do is like encourage me to do something else. Like I, I like the negative reinforcement and I, I've never seen that in a CrossFit gym. I, I like getting in my own head. I like telling myself I'm a piece of shit and to, f- to pick it up and do whatever I'm doing. <laughs> the last thing I want is yeah. all the moms sitting around cheering for me. Like I, I, I hate that environment about CrossFit. Do not cheer for me ever. <laughs> I can't wait to work out together. <laughs> oh my God. I like, I kind of, I, where do I start, man? Remember um, when you get, remember when you slapped hands with our competitor, Dan? Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I like the positive environment. I like like people being generally positive. I'm pretty negative on myself. Only, the only thing that gets me is like when people are like, you could do it. Like, come on. And I'm like, like I, I give like, I, I'm not good at really anything, but I will give like every shred of whatever I have in my body all the time. So if like, if I can't get it done, like there's, there's nobody that can tell me like, yo, like hop back on it. Like it, I'll hop back on it when I'm damn already. Like that's about as good as I can do at all times. Like I, there's not, there's not like a time where I'm like going to be motivated by somebody telling me to like do better. And then that's going to make me do better. I'll do better if I'm, if I'm stronger and fitter, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I'm with you here, Rob. I yeah, mean, I mean, the, the raw guys, shit drives me insane. I, I, there's no defense of it. 
And I think like, I'm not going to talk about like getting injured across, but I think all that stuff is very overhyped, but any of those videos that are out there with like the really ugly stuff going on at CrossFit gyms, it's always because that culture is there. Like, no, you, you can do it. Just, just, just try again. And then these people will get in these really ugly situations where like, I think it's a lot harder to tell somebody, no, you look like shit, put the bar down, drop your weight. Like it's much harder to be that person, but it's going to be much more beneficial for, for the people in your class. I, I got a, I got a defense here. Like it is fun to be encouraged by people you work out with and your friends. Like you might not like be encouraged by that's like different. That's people different. you don't know as much, but like if it's your gym bros and they're, they're cheering you on, like that does feel pretty good. You know, like if you guys are encouraged me, which doesn't happen. No, that's more like, like locker room culture shit. Like that's your boys hyping you up before a max. Yeah. Rob might yeah. not like that. I like that shit. I, I think actually, that's cool. That's like I think sports. It is too. Yes. But like the everyone's a winner. Try your best to get your muscle up, even though you're 30, 40 pounds overweight and you shouldn't be anywhere fucking close to doing that. That's that's <laughs> that's the CrossFit shit that I hate. But no, like your boys hyping you up before a big lift. Come on. That's great. Yeah, that. That, that's totally different. I'm talking about like you finish the workout and you're going to come back and like cheer me on. It reminds me of like at, at practice back in the day when there was that one kid that just wouldn't run sprints and you all got to keep running because he didn't want to do it. That's, that's mm-hmm. what I think of like, you just shame that person. You don't need to go there and cheer him on. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh my gosh. You guys are two peas in a pod. Hey, I think <laughs> you had some statistics that you wanted to get in there, Dan. Oh, with injury rates. Yeah. Rob, your buddy, uh, Dan Pope posted these Uh-oh. So with injury. Yeah. With injury rates. And this was, um, epidemiology of injuries across weight training sports from sports med 2017. So per thousand athletes are all injuries are per thousand hours of training. So strongman, there was uh, 4.5 to 6.1 injuries per thousand hours of training, powerlifting one to 4.8 injuries per thousand hours, Olympic lifting 2.4 to 3.3. Bodybuilding two point or point two four to one, CrossFit three point one, and American football was uh, nine point six. So you're looking at football like ten injuries per thousand hours, CrossFit around three, strongman higher than CrossFit, Olympic lifting about the same as CrossFit, powerlifting about the same as CrossFit, and bodybuilding slightly less than CrossFit. Um, so I just thought it was interesting as far as injury rates. And, and one point I wanted to make about injury because you did kind of brush that over in defense of CrossFit and the injury rates is. Most of the things that people are dying from, Rob, as me and you know from uh, the Dr. Tepper lectures in PT school, it's all preventable diseases. It's all diabetes, heart disease, hypertension, um, you know, stuff that you could just, if you took better care of yourself, you could fix. And I think that the minuscule musculoskeletal energy or injuries, like when you have a musculoskeletal injury in CrossFit, it's all about your mindset. Here's how you can look at that injury. Like, Let's say you have a biceps tendonitis that comes from a CrossFit workout. Okay, You can look at it one of two ways. Some people look at it that are like, oh, I hurt myself doing CrossFit. CrossFit is bad. I'm going to quit. That's a terrible mindset. You got to fix your mindset. The way you should look at it is, why did I hurt that? Let me go to a physical therapist and see, you know, that knows about CrossFit. Figure out what the hell I need to work on. Work on it. Use it as a chance to get better and then get your ass back in the gym, right? So I think that if you're looking at the mortality causes of the United States of America, it's all preventable and modifiable diseases. The one thing that's going to prevent and modify all that shit is doing work. And CrossFit's a very easy standardized way to do work. So let's stop bitching about musculoskeletal injuries, get somebody you know to fix it, and then let's keep moving. No, Just I agree. That, that, you, Rob. No, I said, I said the injury <laughs> thing is way overhyped. He, he was just he, backing me up. Are you not I was, listening? I was, actually, I, was backing no, up. I was listening, but he tied that thing with a bow at the end, just saying, get in there and get it done. That was a good job, Dan. Hell yeah. 
Nice, man. I'm working on that. I've been practicing in the mirror. No, suck, man. <laughs> Rob's intimidated. You hear him? I don't even know what the argument was. So I don't know what to finish. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> no, we were, we were agreeing. We were agreeing, Nick, but I, but I just mean in the, in the grand scheme, uh, we are I versus thought, Rob. We're, we're versus Rob. So that's one point for us. It's zero points for Rob. Let's go on to the next section. Exactly. That's what I'm we're doing versus, here. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We're versus. All right. We, we wrap it up on why CrossFit sucks. Yes. Well, if you got any more points. All right, I'm going to touch on one more because this, this, as I'm reading my list here, I just want to talk about this one. The weird, the weird behaviors in the CrossFit gym. The last one I want to say is if you go to a CrossFit gym, don't collapse when you finish working out. You're not that tired. I watched <laughs> Elliot Kipchoge do a sub two hour marathon and he smiled across the finish line. Every once in a while, you can be so tired you fall over, but stop, stop falling over, buddy. It's like such a, it's such a weak move. Just stop. All right. You heard fall, it here first, guys. I, I fall over every workout and totally, oh totally, my God. Total, total diva. Is it, possible, oh, it, it, is it possible you're just not pushing yourself hard enough, Rob? Well, we can talk into, about the Tim Noakes, like central governor theory of, of fatigue, but I, I feel like talk. we got to move on. This, this CrossFit thing is, is, is wrapped up for today. We're, we're at 45. I could go an hour and a half, man, let's, if, if, you, if you want to. <laughs> It would be interesting down the road if if you if you gave it a month or two, Rob. Well, I think I, I think that's the best the best case scenario here. I'm yeah. happy with that. I think I've gotten everything I want to get across off, and I don't think Rob's too far off on these points. Like nothing's perfect in the sport. Oh, I, mean, I agree. And how, how long has it been around since like 2008? You know, so it's been a long, time. It's been around forever. How, how much has it gotten better since? Like I remember going to the boxes and like doing some like you know marketing things as a PT in like 2012. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? We're now going to, you know, at least our box and I've been to a couple others and I'm like, okay, well, this stuff is starting to make more sense. So I think the, the worst gyms die off, the better gyms rise up and it, it, across the board, it's just going to continue to get better and better. Look, I, I've recommended people go to CrossFit gyms. I like watching the CrossFit games. I've worked out in CrossFit gyms. I just feel like with the way this podcast has been going, Dan kind of sounds like a, a Glassman disciple. I just wanted to give a, give a different view of CrossFit today. Talk about some other... Other things yeah, might not best, be so great. And just, just a, just a one quick low blow here. Your best friend who you referenced earlier, when he was like, "Rob, I want to get in shape," and you didn't feel like doing his programming. What was? What did you recommend to him? What did you tell little Rob when he wanted to get in shape? What did you say? I sent him to a CrossFit gym. He's been doing it for two years. <laughs> like, There's yeah, a lot so. of great things about it. Yeah. Okay. So you're just, well, you're, you're off on the other side of the coin here, Skip. I was just being a troll today. Is all I was doing. Yeah, that's. I, I appreciate it. All right, so I, I, we've we've talked about this before, and we talked about it on the podcast. But you two hate New Year's resolutions. I, I I don't disagree with that, but the fact of the matter is, people listening to this podcast are going to start working out in January. It's going to happen. It's an intimidating yeah, that's thing next to week's episode. By the way, we're going to talk all about you know developing those habits. Spoiler alert! But yes, go on. So for the, for the people first time stepping in a gym, it's a very intimidating thing. There's going to be a lot of people in there next month. I just want to go around the room. Pro tip from you guys. You have some experience in there. What, what can these people do when they go in the gym? Just some behavior tips or things they can do in there that make themselves not look like a total idiot or offend anybody in the gym. So I'll, I'll get this one started off here. So I feel like one of the biggest issues going into a gym that's crowded, even if it's a CrossFit gym, is just being self-conscious. I can tell you spending last 15 years in gyms, like everybody there is self-conscious. They're usually worried about themselves. Nobody is judging you when you're in there. 
And the person that is like the, the most intimidating, strongest looking person in the gym is probably the most willing person in there to help you. Don't ever be afraid to True. ask somebody else for help. Cause I know if somebody came up to me and said, Hey man, can you just look at this squat and tell me if this looks okay? I would have no problem stopping whatever I'm doing. Grant, I'm not in the middle of a set, but I'm more than willing to help anybody in the gym that's got a genuine desire to get better. And I'm a person that really doesn't talk to people. So hopefully, hopefully you guys yeah. are the same way. What, uh, uh, in, Rob's, in Rob's defense on this point, I've sent Rob videos at, you know, 4.30 a.m., you know, when I'm up feeding my daughter, you know, like just at random times. And like, I mean, within reason, he's got a pretty busy job, treats some pretty special people. And like, he will get back to you. Like he's, you know, walks like he talks. If you approach him at the gym and you, you do want to work on something, I mean, he won't talk to you about, you know, many things in life. He certainly won't talk to you about, you know, just almost anything. But if you ask him to look at your lift and break it down, man, you might get a whole, you know, Word document back on it. Even if you just see him at the gym, he might be taking notes and videos. So he's right on that. And a lot of times, you know, I think that, you know, that intimidation is big and, and there is a lot of uh, special people that go to the gym and, you know, ask him for help. Like we want you to succeed, you know, as big as dicks as we come off here, especially on some of this stuff. Like if you really, you know, to a man, ask any of us at the gym or we see us at the gym, we will be more than happy to help you out. My pro tips for getting started in the gym in 2020 is nothing special. It's just even if you have no fucking clue what you're doing and even if you just go consistently develop that five days a week of like, I don't care if, you know, we're getting attacked by the Russians, which might happen in like six weeks or we're, you know, you know, on military lockdown, like just get your ass doing something five days a week and just don't just, just get in there and do something because something is always better than nothing and always free weights over machines and YouTube is your best friend. Like if you're like, man, I want to try a squat and I've never done a squat, go to YouTube, go in the mirror to have somebody take videos of you doing a squat, videotape yourself doing squat, send it to us, send it to Rob, we'll figure it out. Um, send it to one of your friends who lifts it and, and you'll get better at it. You're not going to look pretty. I mean, I, you, you would be amazed at how terrible I looked at some of these movements as far as three or four years ago, I said to Rob and I'm sure he's just laughing his face off. But again, they will help you out. People that care will help you and just get in there and do it. Nick? Yeah, my biggest thing is more personal stuff. Be courteous and be accountable. Walk into a gym, take your headphones out. Even if you feel uncomfortable, greet the person at the front. You're starting this for you know this new journey at this new place. Greet them. Introduce yourself. Hi, how are you? You don't need to do that to every gym goer. Don't do that to every gym goer, as a matter of fact. But you know the staff, acknowledge them. Hey, happy to be here. Go get your workout in, wipe up the machines when you're done. If you go walk on the treadmill for 20 minutes, go get the bottle, spray it. The people that have been there for three to six months or three to six years are going to acknowledge, hey, we got this new person here we've never seen in our, at our watering hole. And they're, you know, look, they're, they're cleaning up after themselves. That's that's pretty encouraging. Other than that, like, you know, just just, you know, smile. Make eye contact. Don't be a little sheep in there, no matter how much you want to be, because it is it is it can be a bit overwhelming at times walking into a new place. But like these guys have kind of beat to death at this point, for the most part, it's a community atmosphere and people want to be welcoming to other people. So as long as you're not a dickhead about it, they're going to accept you. And also go back to our Choosing the Right Gym podcast, because I really think there's some there's some nuggets there that yes. will really help you with things. And also if you are just listening to the pod, I should have plugged this in the beginning, but if you listen to our podcast sequentially, I think that it's really a lot of good basic knowledge to get started at the gym, you know? So a little self plug there. If you're just listening to this for the first time or 
whatever, uh, this is major way, you know, this is major years through a recommendation. Go back to our episode one and just start to listen to through some of our experiences with uh, starting at the gym because um, it hasn't always been e- this easy for any of us. Cool. You guys have anything else around the room? Good. Yeah, I'm all good, man. Thanks for the topic. I, I you know, and, and, you know, if I get a little, you know, fired up at Rob, man, he's uh, striking a chord with me today. So all's good. Good. I wish there was more yelling, but I tried to hype it up and then it just confused <laughs> everyone. So that was good. All right. So let's do the hitters. Dan, you want to, let's start with Rob because he does one a week. Oh, we're going hitters first here. Um, so I went back to Black Keys and you know what? I'm just starting to realize that they're not a hitter type band. I couldn't come okay. up with any good tracks for for the playlist. So I'm going to go. What about, I was just thinking like Gold on the Ceiling. I know it's not a big, you know, fast song, but that was one I was thinking, like, I could see that. But anyway. Yeah, but it's like, I don't know. It's too it's too mainstream, man. I like I like the the deep tracks by the Black Keys. You know? I don't like the mainstream <laughs> stuff. Nice. Yeah, I got it. I'm going to go uh, TV on the radio, Wolf Like Me, 7.9. Oh, nice. Haven't heard of that band in a while, man. Good stuff. I'll go next. I'm going to go back to Drake. I don't even think it's made an album. You'll you'll know, Dan. Om- Omerta? Omerta, yes. Omerta. Great song. Yeah, yeah, I was love after that song. The, uh, I think it was an homage to the uh, Raptors winning. It was. Um, it was yeah. right. Yeah, I like yeah. it, man. It's it, it thumps. So that's a great I, song. I'm gonna go uh, seven eight. I really like it. What do you got? Yeah, that, that's a good score for that one because you know it's it's a newer song. I mean, new in the sense of it's tough to tough to rate those ones. I'm gonna go uh, our first Red Hot Chili Peppers song, which maybe not the biggest hitter band, but this song will get you fired up. Good time, boys. Red Hot Chili Peppers. This mm-hmm. was uh, Frusciante's first album on Mother's Milk. So good time, boys. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Eight point four for me. Cool, yeah. They have they have uh they have some good ones in the catalog. My next one, a new rapper to the game, to the podcast, anyway. Joey Badass, Paper Trail. It's good. Nothing else to say about it. Yeah, I, I, I got another one. Jo- his name is Joey Badass. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's an amazing on it. <laughs> that, that's that's right. that is an amazing name. Rob opened up Pandora's box. I'm gonna go with the deep cut of Rage Against the Machine, uh, Roll Right from the Evil Empire album. So Rage Against the Machine, Roll Right for my next one, 8.8. Awesome. And speaking of Pandora's Box, like, look, my I'm I'm throwing out raps because I think it's the most socially acceptable, which is ridiculous when you think of some of these lyrics. (laughs) But for for gym hitters, for, you know, to to kind of appease the masses, my, like, go-to is is some, like, old, brand-new TBS, take back, you know, some... Actually, oh, yeah. some, some kind of some screamo stuff too, but this one borderline very nice. My Chemical Romance. You'll, you'll know <laughs> the title is. It's not a fashion statement. It's a death wish, and you know I'm not going to really explain that. Song is super high tempo. Love it. It's a nine zero. It's been one of my staples for fifteen twenty years now. I think the album came out in 04. Yeah, is that the wedding song? Where it says something about I don't the know. that whole album uh, seems to be the wedding song, and <laughs> I, I I don't know I, I think I know this song, but dude I love all these streamo songs, so keep them coming. I'll probably have more as we go later on in the week. So uh, it's great, gr- good on you, Nick. Um, Thanks, the next one, the next one I got is um, I, I can't believe we haven't put this on here. It got big a couple years ago with the Philadelphia Eagles uh, championship, but regardless, mm-hmm. Meat, Meat Meal hasn't been on here really. I don't think at all. And uh, Dreams and Nightmares has not been on here. So I'm going to go Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill at 8.6. What do you think about it? Yeah, that sounds great. The and, build and, uh, up, talk the about build up is so good. Talk, uh, you know me, I love an epic build up. Talk about an epic build up where the first minute you're like, 
okay, okay. And then you just want to run through all the walls at the same time. So love that song. Great song. I totally agree. All right, Rob, what you got for book of the week? Book of the week is going to be a good follow-up to Dan's topic for the podcast last week with uh, youth lifting. So it's a book by James Andrews, who is like the, the biggest figure in sports medicine, orthopedic surgeon these days. And the book is called any given Monday. So it just gives practical tips for parents that have kids on with sports injuries and different sports. There's a little section in there about why you don't need an MRI or why most people out there that have injuries don't need an x-ray or MRI if you're not making millions of dollars. And I've, I photocopied that and handed it to people that come in and constantly beg for, for imaging on stuff they don't need it for. So it's a really quick read, but, uh, any given Monday by Dr. James Andrews. Yeah. And, and, and Dr. Andrews is kind of a, you know, I think that me and Rob both love this dude from afar. You've never worked with him. Have you Rob? I haven't. No. Yeah, and I've never seen his patients or worked with him, but he's just one of those people who is a, uh, an orthopedic surgeon that really gets from the physical therapy side of things more than almost anybody ever. And I think that that's one of the reasons amongst others really, and his great work as an orthopedic surgeon has catapulted him to the top. So if you're, you know, we talked about, um, Alex Guerrero, who is a, a total scam artist last week and somebody who just doesn't deserve praise or attention for any reason possible. Dr. James Andrews would be on the other side of the coin, which is somebody who's a revolutionary thinker and deserves all the attention and all the accolades and all the good, good stuff that comes his way. Because according to, you know, friends of mine that's worked with him, absolutely great dude. I think Rob, our buddy Jesse was down there and our other buddy, uh, Anthony was down there with him and just had wonderful things to say about him as a person, not just as a doctor. So Highly recommend that book too. And Rob, you're gonna have to shoot me that PDF or that page too, or I'll just have to get the book because that sounds awesome. I need that for my clinic too. For sure. Cool. All right, boys. Well, I think we are we're back at that grind. It's been another perfectly timed episode. Good on us. Next week we're gonna I'm gonna dive in with some New Year's resolutions. I want to talk goal setting, mental hurdles. I want to dive into fixed uh, fixed versus growth mindset and, and dealing with plateauing in the gym. So that's what we'll be diving into next week. Anything else, boys, before we I go? I'm going to dive into my uh, next flight claw after we hang up. Hell yeah. <laughs> Later. Later, guys. Later, boys.